When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles. Brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. When Pat Borlinkett's mom got sick and was nearing her last days, something inside Pat moved him to begin writing songs. In fact, he wrote more than 60 songs. It was her last gift to me, he remarked. He narrowed those songs down to a dozen, and they became the songs that is on his latest record, which he unintentionally finished recording on Mother's Day. Pat joins me on the latest edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about that journey and the rest of his musical career. Hi, Pat. Welcome to the Americana Music Profiles podcast today. How's it going? Good. Thanks for taking the time to uh, join us and, and talk about your music. All right. Thanks for the opportunity. So you are in uh, New York, correct? That's right. Long Island. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you have a new record uh, just dropped, right? A couple of days ago, Obvious World. Is that, has I got the name right? It's uh, a single. I've been releasing singles uh, every four weeks. Okay. Uh, which are there's a there's a there's eleven songs in total that I recorded uh, over a two month period in the Catskills, which wrapped up in in uh, in May. But I've been releasing these songs every four weeks on uh, streaming services while I figure out how to tie them all up. Okay. The, so I'm go- <laughs> I'm releasing them as as I go. 
So did I have the the name correct, or is that the name of one of the singles that's out? Yeah, that's in the that's the uh, obvious world is um, a single I released yesterday. Okay, which is the uh, the fifth one that I've released. Uh, this is the fifth month I'm doing this and dropping these. Yeah, so yeah. it's the fifth, fifth song, Obvious World, which came out yesterday. Do you have a name for the the overall collection, the album name? Is is that established yet? Uh, that's you know, I'm I'm kind of feeling it out as I go. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how the music industry's changed. Like I know. Yeah. In releasing things, um, like ten years ago, I was doing uh, electronic music and totally different genre and still releasing things digitally. But at that point, there were many options that you and a lot of different roads and channels that you could go down, like Bandcamp. Yeah, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and Tumblr, and and now it's like uh, Spotify. So right. <laughs> by releasing an album once with um, dumping all these songs out without a marketing marketing strategy didn't make sense to me with the landscape now. So I'm kind of just releasing these songs and uh, trying to ride this algorithmic. Thing that Spotify uh, uh, touts, right? <laughs> yeah. So right. You, you mentioned uh, pre- previous recordings and that kind of thing. So, how long have you been uh, pursuing music, recording? How long has that been part of your life? Yeah, um, I started at, as like a thirteen-year-old. I was singing, not really singing, more like screaming and hardcore <laughs> and metal bands and stuff like that hardcore yeah. punk bands my first show was uh we played at a bar which was right off of uh one of the main train stations in long island and these poor like you know businessmen were coming off the train on monday trying to have a beer in this like bar and then we set up and started screaming for like 45 minutes <laughs> uh, and i could see the look of dismay that was my first show and yeah the second <laughs> they cut the amps on us, like kind of like a hardcore version of Bob Dylan. Uh-huh. Uh, they cut all the amps in, uh, in two minutes. So those were my first shows. Yeah. <laughs> when I, you know, uh, got into like expanded my my tastes, luckily, uh, when I was a teenager later on and started making like electronic music that was influenced by like Aphex Twin and that kind of stuff in uh-huh. my 20s. And, um, I took a break from music. I started a marketing business um, 10 years ago. Okay. And uh, that kind of took up a lot of my time. But what got me to get back into music was my mom had cancer for a long time, but she started really declining Mm -hmm. October. Uh, This past past October. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A year ago, she started declining. And, uh, very quickly and went on hospice and things got crazy. Um, <clears throat> now my muse had like avoided me for quite a long time up until that point. So you like, weren't actively pursuing any sort of music no, at that point at all? You know, messing around, picking up the guitar once a month and maybe yeah. writing a song, never doing anything with it. That went on for like five years. Wow. Um, okay. 
and then my mom got sick, uh, and the muse, you know, opened the door and came back into my life at a very inopportune time, but I uh, had this fire in me. So my mom was in the house, in home, hospice. I had hired an aide to live with us, and um, my mind was racing with these song ideas, and I had music in my head constantly mm. in retro. That was uh, kind of a defense mechanism, I think, to deal with the situation and sure. uh, give me some cognitive dissonance or remove me mentally from what was happening, or yeah. cushion me, whatever. Uh, so I'd be downstairs with my mom, have these songs in my head, run upstairs, record them on a voice note like a teenager with the amp turned down and yeah. being quiet, and uh, I'd have to come back downstairs because the aide would call me. Yeah. And I was trying present as possible but i felt like i had to um make this music uh at this point i had in a, a house in the north shore of long island that was kind of abandoned because i had moved back to the my the house i grew up in to take care of my mom mm -hmm. i would drag all my equipment to this abandoned house and then kind of uh try to work on the music without disturbing my mom and stuff mm -hmm. i'd be 30 seconds into a song and get a call from the aide to drive all the way back. That happened oh, multiple It was chaos, but uh, in retrospect, it was my mom's gift to me, I think. Yeah. Uh, on a, um, so the day she passed away, the muse kind of disappeared. The fire went out. Whether, that, whether I uh, anticipated that happening or not, or it happened, and uh, I didn't have any juju left at all that, that wow. very day. Wow. But one out but i had a phone with like 60 songs on them that i was happy with and uh that's coming from not writing a song in five years so um along the way i had been connected to this guy kenny siegel and the catskills uh -huh. through a cool friend and he had worked on that langhorn slim record the way we move uh -huh. and heard about this guy so we had been emailing me emailing and texting back and forth over the those those months and i had sent him those 60 songs and he's crazy enough and diligent enough and professional enough. He actually listened to the 60 songs and he narrowed <laughs> them. Well, I couldn't do that. He narrowed them down to 12 songs Yeah, and then built a band around me and we started making a record together. Wow. So, um, it was kind of a dream. I had never dream come true. I had never been in a situation like that. Yeah. Always made music by myself in my bedroom and used reason on a laptop and, mixed and mastered myself and now i had a whole team of people uh who knew what to play before i did and had their own inputs on the song so we made a record together over two months and the last day we recorded well, i didn't plan this that was mother's day um wow. that was day and worked with some amazing people that came in and out of this you know where we recorded it's called old soul studios mm -hmm. and it's a house uh that kenny's converted into this amazing atmosphere but there were all these people in and out of there that were working on the record and uh one of them was john sebastian of the love and spoonful i got to work with him yeah which was really that's awesome laid down harmonica on a couple of songs in a legendary fashion uh in like one or two takes and it was so good we didn't need to continue it was effortless and uh, we spent the day with john went into town snuck beers into a japanese restaurant <laughs> got ice cream he told us stories. I listened. I didn't talk. I just listened for 
hours. I, I said three things and listened to his stories. One of the stories was... And you didn't know him prior to this? No. Yeah. I just met him. And uh, one story was uh, the Doors... I guess the doors, the manager of the doors had called John Sebastian in the late sixties and said, I have this guy in the studio, Jim Morrison. And he's like, not doing anything. Uh, he's not singing. He's doing everything in the studio, but singing. Mm -hmm. And I need you to come to California and like straighten this guy out. Wow. You know, no one knew who Jim Morrison was at that time, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, so John Sebastian flew to California, and the result of that meeting was John Sebastian's harmonica on Roadhouse Blues, which I didn't know. He no, I didn't either. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a cool story. Blowing, and uh, now I hear that song, and I can't not hear his harmonica, but uh, that was cool. So got to work with him, got to work with a uh, um, bunch of different people from... The uh, guitar player of Nora Jones, the bass player of Go Nora Jones, excuse me. Yeah. The guitar player who works with Sean Lennon and um, had Paul Calderi. I met him and he mixed. He did Pablo Honey, Radiohead's Pablo Honey and Pixie stuff. He came and mixed. And uh, it was just like uh, not only a dream come true, but I learned so much about the craft of recording and of yeah. setting like that and mixing. And it was it was incredible. So. Now I have these 12 songs and I'm kind of releasing them four weeks and just, you know, I have all this marketing experience because that's my business, but mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I'm marketing my own music, which I hate. So it's not somebody else's product or service. It's my own product. No, I'm sure that it, makes it different. It's hard. Yeah. Cause it's a different, it should be easy because I know how to do this, but um, it's, it's depressing and difficult. I'm finding it. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Oh, we're in for a long one. A long weekend, that is. And you deserve to spend it on the couch with a glass of something good. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered quickly. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Welcome back to the interview. Are you f having to relive some of the moments that you were in when you created those songs? Yeah, I mean, some of the lyrics in the songs are, you know, it, it might seem morbid to somebody else, but I don't look at it this way. But it's some of the things that my mom was saying in the last weeks mm -hmm. of her life. Now, I would write them in notepads. And um, the hospice nurse, That there are many people in that stage of the end of life. There's hospice people in and out of your house. There's nurses. There's... Right a whole team of people, a rotating cast of people, and you're having a lot of conversations behind closed doors about money and the process and life and death and all that stuff. Yeah. One of the things I learned from one of the hospice nurses was to start listening in metaphor. And um, my mom was in her, when she was well, was a very straightforward person and didn't speak in metaphor. She spoke very uh, matter-of-factly. Mm -hmm. But now, all of a sudden she was talking in metaphors and stuff and I was trying to learn how to interpret that stuff. So some of that stuff ended up in the music and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't, when I listen, when I listen to it, I don't, um, it doesn't bring me back to that situation, but the recording process was definitely 
extremely difficult at yeah. times. It was very, I like my mom passed away and I went right into recording. There was no, there was no break. And I did that kind of purposely. Like I went right into it as like a grieving process. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, the weight of things would hit me at when I have to sing for 10 hours and they were like long 10 hour days, by the way, mm. uh, I'd just get exhausted. I had never been that tired in my life. And just like at the end of the day, I'd literally collapse uh, just the mental weight of things and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Kenny was amazing. The producer who, you know, a lot of it, it was mental making a record is mental to me. So he would uh, guide me through those ups and downs, you know? Yeah. When did you make the connection that, this was supernatural, if you want to use that word, you know, beyond something that, you know, that you, you plan to record an album, you start writing songs, you, you know, you go through that process. But this sounds like there was obviously more, um, uh, more going on, uh, you know, uh, from a higher perspective. Yeah. You know, I just thought of it as uh, my mom knew my dream in my life was music and I had deferred that in my self-sabotage that for so long mm-hmm. that the fact that this was um, she had one foot here and one foot somewhere else yeah so uh, yeah the fact that it went away when she was no longer here is enough for me yeah in a way. yeah wow that's awesome now do you Will you try to use the material that you didn't use for this record? Is there enough that you would maybe try to do this again? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, you know, Kenny, when he narrowed down the 60 songs, he created an A-list and a B-list. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, A-list he wanted to do, and then the B-list needed work, and he thought there was potential, and then we just went with the A-list. But I think some of the songs on the B-list are better and, mm. and you know, went with. So I'm still compiling and i'm writing and um i don't have the inspiration that i did a year ago or nine months ago but Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. uh there's still inspiration there so yeah i have a a few of those b-list songs and new stuff i've written that i'm gonna work on and um do this all over again in a year yeah probably i'm not gonna stop here so that's it for better or worse yeah (laughs) Have you been able to get out and, and share these with an audience? Have you been able to perform them in public? Yeah, I mean, I had uh, one show so far. Mm-hmm. With my uh, they opened a, a farm. They started a farm on the uh, in Long Island, like out east. Mm-hmm. And they're opening. They had all these people and friends in the public and so forth so they asked me to play uh under this like giant uh spinning wind turbine mm-hmm. thing but the sound was really good and uh just played the songs with no one else no accompaniment uh one of the challenges of this is because they were session musicians who worked on the album i don't have a band right. you know what i mean um i mean those guys i could hire but i'd have to schedule them and do all this stuff um, but so these songs I can play al- alone, which I did and I'm comfortable with that, but I think they'd be most effective with a band behind me. But if, uh, if it ever came up to have a, a big show, um, I would try to 
rally them up to do that. Do you have a, how far out are you thinking? Do you have an, an intention with this? I mean, do you want to try to get out and, and get on the road and tour with it a little bit? Or are you just content with? I would definitely do that. I mean, I'm just seeing where this is going. It's, yeah. it's like, uh, I'm starting from scratch again. Mm, um, okay. Try, project closed down. Uh, I just lost my mojo on that and I had some success with that. Uh, but I didn't continue in that vein. This is much different stylistically. So I'm starting, starting over Yeah, and I'm starting from literally zero and, um, trying to wrap my head around all these, the, uh, the way to do this now Yeah, digitally. And, yeah. um, it seems like that's the way to, to, to get listenership is you have to go through these gatekeeping digital services and right. then go from, could be wrong, but I don't see it as, uh, playing in a club and I'm going to get discovered and have limos outside and uh, (laughs) I don't think it it works like that now. I'm um, afraid you might be right. It's unfortunate. If you're old enough to remember that experience uh, as a player or a listener, there's something, uh, I I hope we don't lose it entirely. There's something special about that. Yeah, so um, I'm just trying to harness my experience and uh, my expertise in marketing and digital stuff, turn that get as much listenership as I possibly can. And then when I have some, uh, some people who care, uh, I definitely play yeah. out yeah. the way. Who knows? The, the plan could change, but that's, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Honestly, every four weeks I'm putting a song out, seeing <laughs> and we'll go from there. But, um, it's opened some doors pretty quickly. So I'm happy about that. And, as long as I can keep doing this, I'm just not going to stop. That's yeah, it. yeah. Um, do you have a sense of where your music connects? Have you been able to identify an audience at this point? Yeah, it seems like um, the Americana audience has responded the most. You mm-hmm. know, just I don't want to get into boring data with digital marketing stuff, but, you know, I run these different campaigns and, um, you know, you could target uh, people's sure meters. and uh, by far the genre you know the the music interest that occasions the most listenership is Americana music yeah I, I listened to a few of them on the record and, and one of the ones that uh, my early favorites is uh, Babe in the Woods it has a very bluesy Americana yeah. feel to it I, I, that, that vibe is just right down the middle so I think you're right on with your analysis yeah, that's uh, that's the one that that's one of the songs that John Sebastian played on. Yeah. So yeah. Was, cool. Okay. Yeah, he did that like 15 yeah. minutes. We yeah. didn't, prep, you know, uh, to continue because it was so good. Um, yeah, that's uh, all the songs are uh, are of uh, they're so different stylistically. I think so. Not all of them fall under Americana, but I think that's the the thread that is yeah. tying it up. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's been the biggest response so far. So I'd have to say that that's the audience that resonates with yeah. it the most. Great, great. Well, that, that's that's who listens to the show. So, uh, yeah, I'm, cool. I'm, yeah, good. Well, we'll, we'll hopefully line you guys up then. Uh, cool for for sure. So if um, people want to uh, listen to the music, listen to the singles you have out so far, connect with you, especially if they resonate with a story. I mean, obviously, there's an underlying story yeah. to all of this. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, literally just on Spotify is the best way. Um, and searching Pat 
P-A-T, Berlin Ket, Berlin like the city, and then Q-U-E-T-T-E, Pat Berlin Ket. I wish I had a better surname uh, than that, but I can't do anything about it. So that's it on Spotify, Pat Berlin Ket, and you can hear, so far there's five songs in there, and those they'll be they'll be 12 uh, by um, by the spring. Okay. They'll all, they'll all be there, but every four weeks I release it. So if you follow me on Spotify, you know, you'll get the new songs on the release radar, it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, get an indicator that a new song has been released. And it just helps me to listen, uh, if you listen on Spotify versus Apple Music, but either of those. It's on it's on both of those platforms. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Pat. This has been uh, right. very um, interesting. I uh, appreciate the story that uh, brought this about, and uh I wish you continued healing through that that journey, and it sounds like you have found a great way to do that. So I wish you great success with this music. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.